Hi, welcome back to All Things Data. With all the hoopla and, and chat that's been around about ChatGPT in the last couple of weeks, we thought we would do a little episode on how computers understand language. When we really started this journey of understanding language with computers, we figured we could fit it all into one episode, but I think it's actually gonna take two, so we're gonna do it over two weeks just so that we can give it the depth that it requires while trying to not get too technical so that everybody can understand this. So without further ado, let's get going. Hi Victor, what makes it difficult for computers to understand our language? I mean, that's a question that we could very easily ask our children as well. You know, understanding language is not for the faint of heart. It's not an easy thing to do. And you can imagine that the way we teach it to a toddler is by showing them and showing them and showing them and pointing out this is a sock, this is a glove, that kind of back and forth. Whereas with computers, that doesn't really work all that well. You can't go computer, look, sock, like how does a computer see a sock? It doesn't actually make sense, right? So the other problem around language generally, especially the English language, but generally all languages, there have been some more stringent languages with their syntax and grammar, but with the advent of the internet and especially with social media, you're now looking at a big time moving target. You're looking at language that is always evolving. You know, in other languages, you get a lot of like English seeping in, and in English, you just get a lot of weird stuff coming up. Who would have thought that finna, F I N N A, is a word, or bootylicious, if you're older, is a word? Like, those don't quite make sense, and they're not kind of like dictionary words. So, you then have the complication of not only does your, your computer and its NLP have to understand real, hardcore prose language, but it also needs to understand quite a bit of slang because that seeps into and invades all of our speech, including our emails, including even like articles and blog posts. If you read the New York Times, you're going to find slang. So at the end of the day, the understanding itself is super important to computers because we want to get to a place where the AI becomes more of a general AI so that it can do more than just like simple tasks, computational tasks, where maybe it's backed by spreadsheets or databases and it's pretty easy signals to understand for a computer. You kind of want to turn text into a version of signals. So that's sort of where it, all of the natural language understanding got started is translating text into a signal that computers can read. And of course it evolved and now we're at you know GPT-3, chat GPT, which is 3.5, and we'll be into GPT-4 very soon. So that's sort of a very broad overview. Okay. What are some ways in which computer engineers and scientists have tried to solve for computers' understanding? So in the past, I mean, you can imagine there's going to be all kinds of rudimentary attempts at this, right? People will do things like, let's count the number of words, let's assign them some kind of value, let's figure out what we're doing with pronouns versus verbs versus adjectives. How do we somehow give them a meaningful computer value? And the word the obviously doesn't get translated well into a computer value. It, it obviously is binary, but it doesn't work as a representation that way. So some of the earliest techniques that software engineers or computer scientists tried to do is just that, like how do we convert all of this text into some kind of values and how do we understand what these values mean? And what you 
kind of try to do is you, you turn that text into numbers and then method of understanding language when you don't know languages like in the sense that you might be thinking of like an alien language how would you ever understand an alien language because we have no reference point so you start looking at the incidence of of words and how often they occur because that will give them some kind of weight right so it gives you the ability to do some version of weighting across the language and hopefully it gets you to a place where you're able to remove a lot of the pronouns and prepositions that are in language and you're like okay those are everywhere in certain languages like in latin languages those pronouns will tell you sex and plurality but you're not necessarily just looking for that you're looking more for context after removing all of these words you have the ability to then only key in on the words that could be valuable to a sentence and then it's figuring out action words versus descriptive words versus the thing itself. Mm -hmm. So that's a traditional kind of old method. And from that, the slightly newer method was born, which is called bag of words. And it's largely based on, again, counting. Uh, imagine now, I mean, you can picture a bag of words. You're like, you're stuffing words into these bags and some bags are getting bigger and smaller. And that sort of allows you, along with the incidents, how often they're there, and other attributes like metadata generally about words and about the location of the word in the sentence and the paragraph, all of these other things, allows you to build what's called a vector. A vector is a mathematical term, but basically it's a representation of something by its many attributes in many coordinates. So in the end, all of that ends up being a Bayesian, so statistics and probability, a Bayesian probability matter, and the computer, along with computer scientists, use statistics really to understand that text. Okay, what method do computers use to understand language today? Yeah, it's actually vectorization that oh, I'm okay. talking about, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could stop it there, no. Tell me more about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, without getting overly technical, imagine you're describing me as a person. Today I'm wearing blue jeans, I'm wearing gray shoes, I'm wearing a pink shirt, right? So there's some attributes about me. I'm six foot two and I weigh 180 pounds and a bunch of other things. I like basketball. So there's a bunch of attributes about me. You could potentially build a vector describing me. And I don't necessarily mean a vector in one or two dimensions, but it's the easiest way for humans to picture. So picture a graph. And a vector is basically a, a line through that graph somewhere, right? So that's in two-dimensional space, in many-dimensional space, because you're going to have more attributes than two to describe me or describe a word in a sentence or in a paragraph or in some content. You're in a place where you're in multi-dimensional space, so you don't really represent it by drawing it, but you can think of it in that sense. And then what that does is a vector of me and a vector of you may be closely related because we're closely the same kind of we live near each other we have very similar likes and all this other stuff but you can imagine that somebody like me versus somebody who lives in north korea may have very different vector representations of that person so in the vector representations in math itself you then get to a place where you can figure out the distance between vectors and that allows you to sort of understand how closely related words and concepts are. And that gets a lot closer to understanding the text itself. Of course, there's a lot more that goes into it and that's why we broke this up into two weeks worth of all things data because 
on top of vectorization, you still are going to need to do things like analyze grammar, analyze syntax, add more context to words themselves. And then that all together, along with some other techniques, gives you a real notion of what that text is all about. So yeah, that was a bit of a scratch the surface, tip of the iceberg kind of first look into how computers can understand text. Next week, we'll dive a little more technical into the aspects of context around text itself so that you have a better understanding of how computers understand. I'm looking forward to the second segment. Yeah, that one's going to be kind of fun. So have a good week and we look forward to seeing you again next week.